Hi, I'm Keisha T.K. Dutess, producer and director of The Comet by W.E.B. Du Bois, performed by the Bonfire Radio Theater Ensemble. Last year, we took it upon ourselves to fill a void in audio drama and examine how relevant Du Bois's work continues to be in the present day of Black Lives Matter. We practiced and practiced and finally performed his work live with digital foley and a full cast. Later, we re-recorded in studio, which is the version you can enjoy on Apple Podcasts. What you're about to hear is the post-show conversation between the cast and audience hosted by Marcus Dargan of Black Lives Arts Movement. We talk about race, double consciousness, intentional casting, sound design, and more. We hope you enjoy it and would appreciate your review of the comment on Apple Podcasts. Thank you. first meeting with Black Life Arts Movement. It's a workshop that I started. Um, some people are not really aware that the Black Lives Matter movement is actually a arts protest movement. The three founders of the Black Lives Matter movement are um, queer women of color who are all artists. And in this world of social media and hashtags, I believe that the artistry had kind of gotten lost within that movement of the um, Black Lives Matter. And it just really became about hashtagging incidents and marching with t-shirts with things on it. Um, and that enough arts weren't being created. So last year I decided I would have a um, start to try to promote and create more art for the movement. And um, Keish was there, she showed up, and she had mentioned that she wanted to do this. Uh, and that was uh, almost a year now, it was last summer. That was maybe about six or nine months ago. So when she had posted a little something something on Facebook and said she was good, I was like, yes. So I'm glad she's um, been able to realize her vision and I was able to support her. So let's give her another round of applause for doing that. So we're gonna um, test one two. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'm gonna start with you, and then we'll open it up to some questions. And how much time do we have for this? Ten minutes. Ten fifteen minutes. Let's ten. see how the. Oh, All right, well. I could do ten. Ten. It's gonna cut off at ten. Ten. All right, I can do so ten. So y'all enjoy so that. So why don't listeners. you start with telling us about this vision and why? I know you mentioned it before, but can you tell us more about that? Yeah. Um. And this is like not just because oh I was looking for black text and. I wanted to make something happen. It was just, I heard audio drama growing up, but I never heard it. And then I rediscovered them as an adult and I was meeting my peers in podcasting and nobody, anytime I put the question in a group, are there any black-centered audio dramas that we have produced con you know, as contemporary people and nobody could answer me except they kept on tagging me in the kindred thing and I kept on telling them that I did it already. <laughs> I didn't do it, I just aired it, but I was like, y'all see, and that's the thing, right? You, you get one black thing or one of color thing or one LGBTQ thing and then you cleave to it and oh, that's enough, right? Here's a, here's a little sprinkle Octavia Butler, that's enough, right? So um, 
I had already had this in my mind, but I didn't know what it would become. I just loved audio dramas and stories, but I was sad that I couldn't hear my own voice. Um, that little accent, that little something that you know is a person that you can identify with right off the top. So that's, that's kind of where it started. All right, cool. Since we only have 10, we're going to jump right in. Did anyone in the audience immediately have any questions or any thoughts or comments? Uh, are we going to run up and do a mic thing? How are we yeah, going come, to do come, this? Come, come, come. Okay. Come up to the Gorgeous show. short. You got to run. Yeah. I wonder. He can just say it. Yeah, we can. And we'll reiterate. It won't be. Will it pick it up? Or maybe we'll bring the narrator mic and they can come up to the, to the poll. Work. That's why they paid me the big bucks. Boom. See, I didn't think of that. We got questions coming. Go for good it. Good light on it. Come close, y'all. And good lighting. Go for it. Hi. Um, hi. Hi. Um, so the question I have really pertains to anybody in the cast that wants to answer, because I know I went through a bevy of emotions just listening to it. Like in my black woman mindset, I was like, mm-hmm, no. <laughs> so I don't. I, I I would just like to know from anyone from the cast like to, who would like to answer it. Like, what was it like reading the script? Um, and what, 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 what were the emotions you went through and how were you able to set your emotions aside to stay within character? Because mm -hmm. I would feel, for me personally as a black woman, like if I had to play, let's say, the rich white woman, there would be a conflict for me for what I was feeling while reading it, relaying it to my experience as a black woman, but having to be, let's say, Becky with the good hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, that works. So it sounds like that question's for me. Um, so again, to remind everyone, uh, I played Julia, the rich white girl in the story, who essentially, in my opinion, uses Jim for her protection and then discards him, even though she makes mention of you know the good deeds that he's done. Um, so reading this whole show definitely brought me through the litany of emotions, but I think the best thing about acting is the fact that you have to put aside your personal ethos to make something true for the audience. Like you wouldn't be able to feel a certain way about Julia or Jim had I played it in a way where she was mean or biting or sarcastic in any way. In her mind, this is what was due to her. She was due to be taken care of. This is what she expected. So to step into the shoes of that character, I had to toss aside anything I thought about how people should be treated and step into the role of, I'm a princess, the world is ending, who's going to be my savior? Um, and I think that does a lot, of, a, a lot for the play because in my opinion, you don't know whether or not, what direction Julia is gonna go in <coughs> until the very end. And I thought that was a pretty interesting way to play her. I also thought it was really dope that the type of racism that's being shown in this story is one of apathy and not of direct malice. I think oftentimes people think about racism as a thing where someone is directly attacking us. And this story really reminds me about growing up as a black nerd. I read the same X-Men comic you did. How come we both could relate to the plight of the blue guy, but then in real life you couldn't relate to the plight of the black guy? <laughs> wow. Yeah, I have no words yeah. for that. Um, Come on up. Um, for me, real brief, um, 
just playing these characters and reading this, I think the third, the third read through we did, that's when it had an impact and that's when it really hit me. Like just going through all the characters, going through all the emotions and then towards the end and it was just like, oh, okay. Like just taking yourself out of yourself and being that character. Okay, no, it's not Tamani playing the president. No, it's not Tamani playing such and such of the father. I'm playing a man that, you know, just found out that his daughter just got saved or I'm playing a real douchey president of a company. And I've worked for people like that, so it's easy to put yourself in that <laughs> Do we have any more questions from the audience? Or can you come up to the come up to the mic so we can make sure we get you on the air? Yeah, take it, man. Terrence be knowing. TK, beautiful sound design. The other side. Beautiful sound design. Thank you. I wondered just with your initial emotional reaction to reading the story and how that informed your sound design. Um, it took me a, uh, took me a couple times to get it. Not like like for me, not get it. I got it. <laughs> Racism. Um, but it took me a couple times to get it. And then I thought about the time period and um, there were some sound effects that I. <laughs> You know, had trouble with like, who, how do you, what does a telephone sound like in 1920? I don't know. Mm -hmm. So I took like the buzzing of the busy signal. We don't hear that anymore because we have cell phones. So I kind of made substitutions and, um, faked it. So that's, it took, yeah, I faked it. I was like, you haven't heard of busy signal since 1993. So you, we're good. So we're good. It sounds ancient enough. So yeah, that's, it just took me a couple, I had to go over it. And every time they read it, I learned something new. Um, as far as like at the end when Jim was discarded and the yeah. crowd was walking and he was leaving, in my mind, I saw that as a perp walk, you know? There's that nigger. Oh, how dare he? Let's hang him. And I'm like, yo, he didn't do anything. But that's like the reality for a lot of black people, right? Like, yeah, there's a lot of guilty people in prison, but there's a lot of not guilty people in prison and they happen to be of color. And they go through these perp walks and they're on Fox News and, all, and that... That's what that moment triggered for me, and I wanted that end music to be a moment of triumph be between him and his woman. And, and I want to throw in again for the you know black nerdiness that that walk felt very much like remember Homegirl in Game of Thrones, Cersei walking down, getting everything thrown. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But she had to do way more worse stuff than me. Do we have um, anyone else that wants to bring up a comment? All right, cool. So I have this thing that I do. Um, I didn't invent it. Um, but it's a, a critical response process that's inspired by Liz Lerman. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah, somebody, yeah. <laughs> Liz so, um, and especially since this is the first time we're doing this, I think this would, um, would serve the artists um, as well. So here we go. So let's try to share. I'm looking for things that we liked about the piece that we saw and some things that we've noticed and some things that we wonder about it. So um, let's just start with some things that we like. What did we like about what we experienced today? I know for myself, I really liked being able to uh, see the actors as I'm listening to them and their emotions, because I've listened to some radio dramas and you really don't get to see them. And it was very interesting to see that they weren't necessarily um, identify racially with the character that they were in. And I really liked the, the juxtaposition of looking at them, trying to embody that, and then seeing them but envisioning something else. Are there any other likes we can share for this group, that things that we really liked about what we saw today? Let's get at least three more. Go for it. Uh, 
Uh, can you tell me more about that? Yeah, just the lighting. Um, it also feels like everyone kind of has an idea of everyone else. It's just like a good vibe overall. So for those in Radio Land that didn't hear that, she said uh, she liked the intimacy, the lighting, the personal vibe, personal aspects of the show. Awesome. Cool. Thank you. At least two more likes. There you go. Go for it. I like that it was ominous. It felt like the, the mood changed almost immediately because, you know, you had the beginning piece or whatever, and then you had this. And so the feeling of it almost immediately got me in the mind of, like, oh, we're about to meet the end of the world. Like, this is ominous. Yeah. This is dark. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and you felt that before the, the first word was even said. She liked the ominous feeling. I'm just going to go ahead and... Yeah, you just go ahead. I'm going to go ahead that. and radio translate. Yeah, ominous feeling, uh, et cetera, et cetera, ominous, Ooh. ominous. Did you have a like you wanted to share? Go for it. Oh, I, okay. Because so. you look like you almost had one. I, well, no. So I'm... She likes, she likes how I look. She thinks I'm hot, sexy. Oh, that's exactly what I You guys on radio can't see my sexiness. Google me. <laughs> Google Marcus. Marcus Dargan. I think for me, because I've read the short stories a lot um, for academic reasons, um, and so I know the story itself inside and out, reading it as someone who is analyzing it and critiquing it and applying theory to it, to do it this way, I saw it in a, another way, um, a completely different way. And you know, as du, du Bois wrote it, um, and this idea of what is going to happen in the future, how are we going to survive this time that we are in now, and using the trope of the disaster to really try to parse that out and pull that out, um, I just thought of it in terms of myself being narrator as, you know, literally the voice of God. And since God yeah. is a black woman, I was just embodying. Listen. Oh, I didn't even make that. You see that. what she did there? Work it out. You see what she did there? All right. So let's, um, let's give at least two notices, some things you notice. I know for me, I noticed that I kept thinking about that episode of Twilight Zone with the dude yes. that loves to read. Yeah. And then everything yeah. goes. Yeah. And he's nothing but so... Yes. What did you, and I also noticed that I visualized everything in black and white. Mm. Mm. Uh, what did you guys notice? Go for it. I noticed that I had to look away from the actors mm -hmm. so that I could um, try to um, place myself out of this room and just listen mm. and take the story as I heard it and not as I saw it because it started to become kind of distracting because I could see that. Yeah. And then, like someone mentioned earlier, the fact that the, um, the white, rich woman was played by a black woman, so that was like, okay, I have to take myself out of yeah. it. So I was like looking at the speaker instead of looking at the actor. So for Radio Land, <laughs> uh, Radio she, Land. she said that she noticed that she had to close her eyes so she could focus because it was a little distracting to have the visual cues and the different races playing different races. <laughs> so... Uh, she, you purposely gave yourself the experience that our on-air listeners are having right now. So yes. I noticed that I too yeah. closed my eyes. I wasn't sleeping, guys. I was, <laughs> I was giving myself that experience. If there aren't any other notices, go for it. Um, well, since you're here, you can do the mic. Come closer. Yeah. Great job, everyone. Um, I noticed that uh, that. When you, if you remember that it's a writer, like a, a black male writer, how there's like there's like lines, there's humor in it. Like mm -hmm. there's humor in how everyone's able to notice it, because he is yeah. putting himself in like everyone's position. 
And so I just noticed like this like dark humor. Or, yeah. 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 There's all kinds of shade throughout this. Yeah. Shade. How about our ensemble guys? Did you feel things about things? <laughs> things about things. This, this almost responds to the first question that was asked. Oh, go for it. Um, but it is also something that I noticed, which I think is interesting, just because it's you know, uh, W. B. Du Bois. But this is sort of a uh, like an artistic personification of what it's like to live with double consciousness, right? Mm. For, especially for us, like black women who are playing white characters, for example, um, and having to sort of negotiate playing somebody looking through the eyes of another person and then also knowing that we have a separate identity that is sort of underneath of that. And so I, that wasn't lost on me considering that this is a short story written by, <laughs> you know, the, the, the thinker who, who blessed us with the concept of double consciousness. Um, Listen, mm-hmm. yeah. smart Thank words. Thank you for sharing. saying smart words. <laughs> Drew, yeah. Go for it. Yeah, so me playing the uh, the douchey white guy saying some <laughs> horrendous shit that was common in the 20s was kind of something, it's not something, it's not a word I like to dwell on, think about, or use it, because it was basically used to dehumanize a whole type Nigger. of race and making them less I'm just going to throw it out there. Don't throw it out, throw it out. <laughs> Nigger. Making okay. it less than it's humans. There. I'm not going to say it. I won't say it. I already said it twice. I'm good. Um, <laughs> Follow that man's cue. <laughs> But as, a, as, as like a white man playing a white character that's obviously racist and doesn't care, it's kind of like a, it's, it's a weird, weird sense for me because, I mean, like, my daughter's mixed. And so, like, that's not something yeah. that, would, that I'd ever want to have her, like, hear come from me, yeah. a situation. Yeah. So, that's always interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's just through a room and be like, hey, hey, guys, I'm that guy. That, 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 that said that shit. You, you know yeah, what's yeah. funny, though? Like, purposefully... Not purposefully, because, like, whoever auditioned, auditioned. But, like, for some, re- some reason, everybody here that auditioned just fell right into the roles they wanted or that they read for. But I really, I really was hoping that a white person was going to read for Drew. Because, like, I, it was really important for me for that to just... I don't want to play double consciousness with that one. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Oh, so Fred, I'm sorry. I, I, I He's know- Drew. I'm I gonna, mean Fred, you mean Fred, the boyfriend. <laughs> yes. Sorry. I'm going to take a last minute of, of this to get some wonders. It is 10 Um, To get some wonders. Let's get at least three wonders. I Let's go. Anything that you wonder about? Perplexed, confused, yes. have thoughts on? Like, um, when they were going through the scene of them going through the city and all the dead bodies, I found myself um, picturing myself asking questions. Like the Radio translation. Uh, she said uh, she was wondering what would the you know thinking about the descriptions of the dead and the silence in the city that's usually noisy, um, wondering what it would smell like and what it would sound like to be so silent mm. in a big city like New York. I wonder what how this was accepted at the time period it was wrote it, really. written, it wasn't and I wonder how it relates to today. 
Um, and what we're going through, if we're going through anything, mm. or the consciousness of white folks. And I wonder, um, go for it. So it's a very basic wonder that happens at the end of any short story that it feels unfinished, but what happens to them? What happens to Julia? What happens to Jim and his, I guess we think that's his wife or his girlfriend. What happens to New York after this body pileup? How does the world restart? What is different after a comet shakes up society? What happens? And the fantastic thing about wonders is we don't have to answer them. We can't can't answer one, though. uh, Go for it. Uh, Aisha's our scholar. So you were you started talking oh, about are you a dramaturg for the so, evening? Yeah, so his 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 fiction, which this is, it wasn't really as as widely received. Like even his nonfiction wasn't widely received. It's not like people were like, oh, let me get that Du Bois. Like people weren't doing that. So um, it really wasn't widely received. It's become more and more received in the last. I would say 25 years because people like to point to it as the first Afrofuturist short story is not, but people like to say that. Um, and so therefore it's getting broader and broader acclaim um, because now people are seeing this person who gave us this double consciousness, who gave us this talented tenth, they're seeing him in another light. So people are seeing it a lot more now and, and wanting to adapt it. Um, I'm hearing um, and do some work with it. So good, thank you for sharing. Well, I'm going to can, can I throw up. in? Uh, I just want to throw a recent uh, W.E.B. Du Bois, uh, well, recent-ish thing that relates to how his work is still important today. In the early '90s, there was a comic book company called Milestone Media. It was black-owned, black characters, yes. and they had a black Superman. The comic book was called Icon and Rocket, and the entire comic, every issue, was narrated by the letters that Booker T. Washington and W. E. B. sent back and forth. Mm. Oh, awesome. What's, what's the name of it again? Icon and Rocket. It's about a Superman who was born as a black dude, and his sidekick is a pregnant teenager he found robbing his home. Okay. Mm-hmm. You don't know about Milestone? I know. <laughs> you don't know about Milestone? Oh, oh, we out here learning. Give it up for learning. We out here learning. No shame. No shame. We are so out here. You gonna this. leave me hanging? I'm gonna wrap me up. You left me hanging. <laughs> Do I have it? No. Somebody you don't know, you don't know you, about Milestone. Don't give her Mark nothing. is so shady. Marcus is shady, but I'm, before I leave, I'm gonna leave you with something. Yo, I just made the dopest drink. I had coffee. And they had wine over there. And you know, I like that Godiva dark chocolate with raspberry. I was like, let me see what happens when they meet. Yo, I'm drinking liquid Godiva dark chocolate raspberry. Get into it. (laughs) Yo, um, and one last thing I want to say is that, um, so part of this mission was driven by not having certain texts available as far as audiobooks and drama go, and uh, LibriVox is a volunteer base. You can basically open up a book from the public domain and read it and upload it, and people all over the world could like download it and take it to go, or maybe blind people could listen to it. Anyway, all the reasons, all the reasons. Um, so we're gonna upload this. We may have to do another read in the studio. Wink, That's wink. Okay. 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 Wink, wink. Uh, we're gonna, but we are gonna upload it and make it available to the world so that our voices are reading our text um, on purpose. So, thank you tonight. <laughs> Listening booth, Marcus, Black Lives Arts Movement, Vanessa, Dialect, Tamani, Emma, Drew, Aisha, everybody here. 
Um, and also, all the people that made tonight possible, I want to thank um, Shani. I want to thank my friend Nick. He's not here. I want to thank Amanda for the wine that made his beverage. Um, right. I want to thank my parents and my aunt that brought some stuff in that just for being here. And, uh, Your dad bought the patties? Oh, yeah, my, they bought the patties. Yeah, Haitian patties in the Thank back. you, thank uh, you. Terrence, one more time for the listening booth. Yeah, yeah. High five, yo, we did that. Yo, real quick, Terrence, do we have two minutes? What can they do here? What can folks do here? You can check out... Memory Motel, audio. There's also the Lonely Hour and What's Happening Here. And check out the Listening Booth website for all, like, newsletters, news on all the podcasts, and uh, give us a ring. Yes. Yes. All of their podcasts are amazing. We got three minutes. Hey, man, I just want to say thanks for for coming out and, like, supporting the thing that we did here, you know? Uh, I actually want to say thank you very much, Terrence, uh, for being a really good colleague in this podcasting shit. Uh, he invited us out here a few weeks ago. We kind of sat down. We had a fucking grand old conversation in that beautiful room up there. And um, it just feels really good to, like, start. And, and since TK, like, decided to, like, leave and go to Chicago and do all these fucking things, to find people that are doing exactly what we're doing outside of New York and then find, refine people in New York doing the same thing that care about mm -hmm. it. We're just very happy to be a part of these communities and we continue to build with each other and continue to give each other things and we thank you for this space. It's a big deal. We really like this. Yeah. Oh, and uh, that's it. That's it. Check out. You can find us all on bonfireradio.com. Dialect, who plays Jim, is also the co-host of Brunch and Budget with Pam right there in the back. They do money talk. And, uh, and we're done. Yo, finish that wine Woo. in the back, y'all. Have a great night. All right. Woo.